are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Tonight, we are starting the series for Bless, and then I know that when this is kind of in the continuation, and what a great thought here for the beginning of the year that uh, Pastor Tom and Kristen have decided to kind of land on and start with our core values, our core values of the Calvary Church, and, um, and then they'll go into another series um, that I believe he began to talk about concerning the, the New Testament. So excited about that, excited about a new year. Everybody excited about a new year? Excited about these, this new venue? A full group here on our Wednesday nights with our, our young adults here, our 21 and up, adding some flavor uh, to this group. All right. Oh, they're going to add some stuff in a little bit. I'm going to have volunteers, and we're specifically going to ask for that group. I'm going to need some help. It's going to get alive tonight. I don't think I'm going to sing. I think last time I did a Wednesday night, I sang. Um, I don't, I, I prayed, I did pray about it, but I didn't feel led. Group to stay still uh, for a while. Did it go off? That was... <laughs> Wait till I start singing. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about the new year, and then I promise I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start these notes. That's why you have notes. Talking about the new year, um, you know, our kids were so excited for New Year's Eve and New Year this year, and we had mentioned, like, okay, well, we'll we'll watch the ball drop. First of all, Kennedy thought we were saying the bomb drop, (laughs) and she was like, we were trying to explain, like, no, there's not, this isn't like the 4th of July, like, it's not going to be, so she's expecting, and she kept repeating it, I mean, like, down to the 11th hour, and we're like, no, 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 the ball, like, there's a ball, so, like, 10 till the... So 12, we're, we turn on the TV, because Lord knows what's on, right, the ball drop. You really can't turn it on until like the last 30 seconds. God help us. And, and so, you know, she see, and she's like, so that's all that happens. This, the time, when does it start? We're like, like 30 seconds before. Her level of excitement has dropped already. And, you know, so she's kind of still anticipating more. Keegan is in his pajamas, which is just a pair of shorts and his blue blanket, and it, you know he's kind of wrapped, and he's sitting on the other couch, kind of hunched forward. And the moment the ball drops and it's raining in New York and everybody's celebrating, he he's like, "That's it, that's it." He's like, "I am never staying up for this again," and just goes walking, walking with his blanket upstairs, and we're like, "Good night," and was asleep before we even get up there. And I'm like, well, yeah, that is. So he's growing up fast. He's growing up really fast. That's it. There's nothing else to it, bud. So, all right. Amen. Lesson one, belong locally. So this is from our, our core values and our acronym BLESS, which we've added the S this year. We're all very happy about this. So needless to say then, then there's, this will be a five-week series. Now, if Pastor Ellis gets up next week, says something different, we'll go with that. (laughs) Please don't look over at me, though. Um, Belong locally. So our mission of the Calvary Church exists to help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and live out his purpose. So how does that translate into belong? It's TCC. It's our objective to cultivate the the soil of our hearts. So when we talk about that process, our heart is the soil, and it's through what? Through genuine relationship and belonging that we feel that that's how we fulfill that purpose here at the Calvary Church. So when we look at um, the Bless parable as a whole, we know that here at, at Calvary we have accepted the theme, and it's a constant motto of ours, is making disciples. So what is a disciple? From Bishop Norman Pasley II, from, um, and I'm trying to think back, I really couldn't get a, a good orientation. I just, rem- I want to say it was a, I think it was a Sunday. Does anybody remember when he gave us the paper he wrote at UGST on making disciples? He printed, he had a whole stack. He, everybody got one. Um, I want to say it was on, on a Sunday, but it, it was, um, 
it was his final paper there and um, a great deal in what was uh, the theme for our church. But he wrote, uh, I, I read what, what's quoted here from his paper, the command to make disciples is first recorded in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, when Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This charge is a part of the final discourse between Jesus and his followers in anticipation of his ascension. In that context, these last words and final directives carry a significance that must be more carefully noted and considered with credence given beyond other messages. It serves as both a mandate to and expectation of his followers for their lives after his departure. The irony as we read uh, this, this quote here from Pastor Pasley, this is also part of his last, maybe his greatest work, the greatest theme that he ever gave the Calvary Church and the direction that, and directive he gave to this body, the flock that he was to shepherd, to make disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, a follower of what he's commissioned us to do. And before Christ ascends right here, his last directive is to what? To go. To go and make disciples. If this is one of the last things Jesus says before he ascends into heaven, I think we would make a note that it's important, right? So what would else would I take from Pastor Pasley in life, but also in this thought is we want to be intentional. You can't make disciples without being intentional. Everyone say intentional. How do I know if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ? By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. From John 15, 8, Jesus says this. It's by your fruit I will know. I will know. I will see that you are doing this. The Calvary Church wants to see people grow in Christ and produce spiritual fruit in their lives. Amen. How does one come to bear fruit, though? How does one come to bear fruit? We know the parable of the sower comes from Mark 4, 1 through 9. And then there's the understanding of this parable in verses 13 through 20. Okay? So here's where I need my four volunteers. It's a little bit of, in, I know, flooding the stage. Security, stay back. Okay, I need four volunteers. Four volunteers. Okay, they're talking it through. Are you going or am I going? All right, all right. Two, two from this side and two from this side. Two from this side. It's going to be fun, guys. Memorable. You might have to sign autographs later. Okay, oh, they, good play, good play. He pushed one person out and then went himself. I like it. Okay, okay, so I'm going to tell them the directions, same time as you guys, okay? And then uh, you'll get to start here in a second. So from the parable of the sower, we really see four parts with the sower, okay? We, where the seed fell on the path and, and just kind of on the loose path, and the birds come down and devour it, right? So we see that. The second thing we see is it falls on rocky ground. There's not enough depth with the soil, uh, soil, because, soil because of the rocky ground. The sun comes out and just scorches the seed, right? So remember that part. The third part then, it falls amongst the thorns, and it just gets choked out. There's nowhere, once again, for it to go, uh, grow or go, and so the, the thorns and the weeds and stuff choke it out. And then our last part is the good soil and where we see the 30, 60, and 100-fold, okay? So this is what you guys um, have the opportunity, the privilege to do here tonight, all right? You're going to act these four situations out, okay? You have 15 seconds to talk amongst yourself and decide what you're going to do. Then you'll have 15 seconds, which I, you don't have to use that whole time. You'll probably use the rest of the 15. So the first one... Um, is when the sower went out to, to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Okay, however you want to play this out, okay, I would group together so you can talk, and you have 15 seconds starting now. 
12. You may want to video this. 10. 8, 7, 6, 5. I like what I'm hearing back there. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and action! Okay. Wow. All right. There we go. Look at that. We had two sowers, and even with two sowers, the birds still came in. I'm assuming that was a crow, and that was that seed was completely devoured. There's no doubt. All right. Uh, other seeds fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. Since it had no depth of soil, so I'm assuming maybe it kind of bounced. Kind of bounced around a little bit. And when the sun rose, it was scorched since it had no root and it withered away. Okay? You have 10 seconds to plan this out. Okay? All right, I'll give you 15. 10, 9, 5, 4, oh boy, Sean's got the brunt of this again, I think. <laughs> 2, and action! Oh, oh, he's, oh, yeah! <laughs> well done. All right, well done, well done. All right, Sean, okay. All right, and I, I think Chelsea is our director. So, okay, here's the next one, Um, and we have here, other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew, oh boy, up and choked it. I'm sorry, Sean. And it yielded no grain, all right? Amongst thorns, and it choked. 15, 14, 13. (laughs) We know how this is going to (laughs) go. We might need security on this one. Eight, seven, six, five, three, two, one, and action. Oh, throwing the seed. Oh, against the thorn. Oh, chokehold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a choke or an embrace. Like, Kyle was going in. Yes, no, okay, that'll work. All right, all right, we're finally to the good one here. So, the good soil. Grew okay, so uh, other seed fell. Nope, here we go. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. All right, we got any cash in their pocket or something? All right, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 8, 7, 6, 5. It's be time for a good commercial for Growth University. All right. One. Oh, boy. This should have been the... All right. Ready? Action. Okay. Oh, it's growing. Wait. Oh, boy. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Give them all a hand. Give them all a hand. Great job. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Just think, if they weren't in here, could we have pulled that last one off with the crew that's normally in here? <laughs> Not without a trip to the hospital. We would have never forgot it, though. All right, so the sower of the, of the word, that's what we're really talking about here. The sowing of the seed is the sowing of the word. And in this first part here, as the seed fell amongst the path and the, the birds devoured it, we know that Satan will come in immediately come in immediately and attack and devour what, what the Word of God has been uh, put out and put into our lives. The second part uh, we hear with the rocky ground, here the, word has, um, here the Word was accepted and was heard. Sometimes we're here on a Sunday, we're here on a Wednesday in a moment of devotion, and we're filled with joy, right? We're filled with joy, but the trials and persecution Come and know if there's no root, there's no depth, then what happens? 
the word falls away um, or the soil is, is uh, separated here in that context. Also, if it falls among thorns and is choked out, here the word um, is accepted again. But what happens? The cares of the world, the deceit and riches, um, the focus is not on the word or the focus is on the world and begins to be choked out and proves to be what? Unfruitful. Then we have the good soil. It's accepted and we bear fruit and we see this fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. But what is the ultimate goal of growth is to do what? To produce fruit. Is to produce fruit. That's the whole purpose of the sower. That's the whole purpose of farming is to have a product at the end. So how does one come to bear fruit? The first thing that we're going to look at is the soil. So there's three pieces to this, but or four pieces to this when you include the fruit. But if you don't have the soil prepared, and if you don't have this piece lined up, we all know that, just as we just heard, if, if, if it's not prepared right, it's not going to produce anything. So um, from, from the parable in Mark 4, the critical factor in something producing fruit was the soil in which the seed was sown. The seed was the same. The atmosphere was the same, and both were critical to growth, but what determined whether the seed germinated was the type of soil the seed found itself in. So in that soil, in the soil that was hardened, the seed couldn't penetrate. In the soil that was stony, the roots could not grow deep. The soil that was full of weeds caused the plant to be choked out, but the soil that was good ground allowed a plant to grow and fruit to be Produce. From Isaiah 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. What made that ground fertile? What made that ground fertile? No different than where that seed was just thrown. If it had been prepared, if it had been cleared out, if it had been dug up, you know, in... Um, in the neighborhood that we live in now, and for most of us living maybe over in that Westchester area, anywhere kind of close to uh, some of those rivers, there's a lot of clay. There's a lot of clay. And so I've seen a lot of people try to plant um, a few things. And in fact, a couple people stopped by. The first thing I tell them about is my back surgery, um, because landscaping has contributed a great deal um, to that. And, um, but the other thing is the fact that um, there's a tiller was involved. And not just a tiller, but then a bucket that I filled with a lot of rocks. And, and, and even some about this big that got filled back, you know, by the creek. But, and um, I can't not say, talk about the tiller without recognizing Brother Bill and Sister Mickey Gardner. And for a great rate of $599.99, you can borrow their tiller. Um, and that's a weekly rate. That's a weekly rate. I've been, I got you, Brother Bill. <laughs> so, um, and so I've borrowed that a couple times. In fact, I even borrowed it. This, I'll, I'll move on. This, I don't, this story, but I, it's in my head now. The, even at our last house, we had the plumbing to the sewer line. Have you ever seen, and I see it a lot here on Kemper, but every once in a while a section will go through that, Sister Didi. I know I can hear a name man from up there, but they used to use like the clay pipes to run the lines from the house. Has anybody ever gone through that at your house? All right, that's enough for a cloud of witnesses. We'll take it. All right, so it, it's just a disaster because when they get done, they, they get their job done. They are not going to make sure that that soil is ready to then make your yard and that grass look exactly like it was right before. Oh man, that's a rough snare. When you even came over and helped me the second time, I, I had to till that yard up twice. And it was like, I don't know, 30 yards and about 10 yards wide. And I, I retilled it a second time just to get it just soft enough, just to get that soil just right for that seed to take. Um, and that was a, you remember that win? You do? All right, good. You still got a blister from it? That took a while. I think all I offered you was a drink afterwards. So, <clears throat> um, 
But, you know, the soil is so important. And if we're going to see fruit produced in our lives, we have to cultivate the soil of our hearts. Amen. We have to pull the weeds. We have to um, pry up or, or emerge, move out, dig out the rocks. And this can't this can't be done alone sometimes. How we'll be open, how we'll be able to open our eyes and see this, um, and so that the seed can be producing fruit, the only through what? Through genuine relationships that help us to see the areas of our lives that need to be worked on. I know it's a tough reality to face sometimes, but we don't always have the answers for everything in our own lives. Sometimes it takes somebody else speaking into our lives. Maybe it takes somebody telling us um, that we were wrong. Anybody ever enjoy it when someone tells you that you're wrong? Yeah, I mean, you listen like this at first, like, what did you say? You know, we, it's our first reaction, but sometimes when you think about it, you're like, yeah, maybe that doesn't make sense. You know, maybe that, that, that doesn't make sense. I would rather someone at least, hopefully in love or in kindness, say, I hear what you're saying, but I, you know, there is a way to say it, right? You could tell somebody they're ugly even, right? I don't know, sorry. <laughs> if you say it the right way, that was my point, you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to tell me I'm ugly later. All right, so what I'm saying is it, it, when it's said the right way, so if somebody is, is saying to you, hey, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying, but could you explain it a little bit more? That'd be a nice way to say it. Could you explain that just a little bit more from a different angle or, or explain to me how we would apply that? How, how would you apply that? Or, or what would that look like if you said that to that person? Um, you know, maybe that would work out. Maybe that would help. Someone, I should move on. How will, how will we be able to extract the weeds of distraction and the cares of life from the hearts, from their hearts and our hearts? By being able to share our story with someone that we trust. A lot of times we're not going to be able to hear these things unless it's from someone that we trust. Some of my biggest growth moments in life are from counsel and from conversations with people from the Calvary Church. It's from sermons that I've heard in these pews. It's from lessons that I've heard in this building. It's from testimonies that some of you have given. It's from the moments in the, when the presence of God move in here and we're having worship. It's in these moments that I've received revelation. It's in these moments of belonging to the Calvary Church where something has spoke to my heart or that the, the soil was prepared here here at the Calvary Church, at this campus, and then I was able to receive something later. But a disciple needs to do what? Belong locally to do this. You have to belong locally to do this. You can't really be who God wants you to be without belonging locally to the family of God and the body of Christ. That's why uh, preparing the soil is the first thing that you have to do in being a disciple. The second thing is the seed, the seed. And we know here that we're learning truth. Uh, learning truth is with the seed. The next step in the growth process is the seed. The seed has to be planted. The seed's no good. This process doesn't mean anything. You wouldn't prepare the soil if you weren't going to plant a seed. Different seeds produce different crops. The Word of God should produce some things in all of us. The fruit of the Spirit I could sing that song. Love, don't turn me off. He turned me off. (laughs) All right, that's a good one. Um, But in each of us, the Word of God will produce things that are unique to us, the gifts of the Spirit, unique to our soil. So in our quest to see fruit produced, we have to be intentional with the seed that we sow. There must be an intentional teaching of God's Word. We cannot just grab whatever seed we see lying around and hope it works. To see the right fruit produced, we must know the seed we are planting and what it is intended to produce in our lives. A disciple will learn truth. A disciple will learn truth. You need the consistent Word of God being planted in your life to continually bear fruit. There are some crops that produce fruit without planting. There are some crops that if you're going to see them produce each season... You have to plant for each season, putting yourself in a position to consistently have the seed of God's word planted is, a vi- is vital to producing the fruit God intended your life to produce. If you want to, um, 
if you want to have a, a tomato crop, you better plant tomato seeds, right? We have to be intentional. We have to have, uh, we have to have due diligence. We have to do our work. We have to set things up to see certain things produce. I've gone through this uh, process here on earth in, in the terms of, of farming. First job that I had was working on Brown's Farm in Ross. If this is, is going out on the web, that's my plug for uh, Brown's Farm. In fact, Sister Tony even uh, rubs shoulders with the Browns every once in a while at, a, at the diner. And uh, good people, but I didn't apply for that job. I, my dad came home one day, and if you, know, if you knew my dad, you, you'd get a chuckle out of this, but he said, I got you a job. I said, I didn't know I was looking for a job. He said, I got you a job. I said, where did I get a job at? And he said, I got you a job down at the farm. I said, do I need to go for an interview? He said, nope, you already got it. And I said, all right. So flag number one, you know. Uh, so go. I said, when do I start? He said, tomorrow. I said, flag number two. So I said, how am I getting there? He said, you got to find your own ride. Flag number three, I didn't even have a license yet. How do I get home? I'll pick you up after work. No, he didn't get, he didn't clock out like at a certain time, you know, and there were side jobs and stuff. I was like, flag number 10. I mean, we, I was like, this is a bad scenario. And so I started when I got there. I mean, it was, we were like beginning of April and I planted in the little, uh, these black containers that were like five by 10 like this. And so you had like 50 plants in each tray and I started in the greenhouse and I was filling it all with all this soil planting the seed in there. And every day when I would get there from school, I'd go through with this long thing and I, with the water and hose thing, and I would just water everything in there. And then I'd go through, and she had a whole list for me every day, and I'd go through this checklist. Well, sure enough, summertime hit. Guess what it's time to do? Now, Miss Joyce has me all day long with a group of other. So get there in the morning. You got there in dark. You're all standing around, kind of shivering. And now it's time to get everything planted. So... We would get everything planted. Some kids would go home after lunch. Some people would uh, then clock out around dinner time. We'd be coming in, like take that break for that crew to come in. And uh, my dad still wasn't there. And this is before cell phone stuff, you know, so at least I didn't have one. And there was no point in calling the house. I knew he wasn't there. So then I'd go back out to the field. There'd be a couple of us left. And as you would see cars come in, uh, Mr. John would just say, you can go ahead and you walk in. We're going to keep planting. And so he had a handful of trays and stuff on the wagon. And then he had this little two-seater planter. And I knew when he came around to hook that up that that was it. I was, I was in trouble for the rest of the night. And so it was, it was me. There you go. It's probably a song, right? And the farmer's daughter. <laughs> he had three daughters. One was uh, in college, the other one was working there at the farm, and so here was the youngest daughter, and when he'd go around and hook up that little two-seater planter, here was me and Jamie Brown sitting on the back of this thing with trays stacked so high you could, we couldn't even see each other. And he would go through, and this little planter thing, it would go through and poke a hole in the ground. He had everything tilled and prepped, and as fast as we could move, you would, you would have to plant and cover, plant and cover, plant and cover, and, and go through. And... Uh, Oh, I, I mentioned earlier, we planted a whole tomato field, just two of us. And one of the times, I'll, I'll finish telling this and then I'll, I'll move on. But one of the times, Harry and I are sitting there and it's, it's not even really dusk yet. And I see my dad's uh, red pickup truck come down the road. And I was thinking, thank you, Lord. I mean, that summer I went through three pair of boots that, that summer working on that farm. I mean, I was there at dark and got picked up at dark. I learned a lot. And I'm thankful for it. But to be going down the field and then to turn around and just thinking like any moment, Joyce is going to radio over John on the tractor and I'm, I'm going to get up and walk in. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm frying, I'm standing right here. I see his truck pull away. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, if I could have just deflated, faint and fell over, I would have. But John would have ran me over or left me out in the field. And you can count on that. And Tony, am I, I'm telling the truth. She's met him before. John would have left me right there. And I won't tell you what he called me sometimes. <laughs> what he called all of us. So out of love, out of love. And, um, and so when, when we're getting through, we're getting done. Now it's dark, so we have to go in because we can't see where we're even planting anymore. And 
I say, was that, wasn't, was that my dad's truck? You know, kind of just inquiring. <laughs> it's clearly my dad's truck. And Joyce said, yeah, he came. He asked if we still needed you. We said yes, and that we would take you home. And I said, nice. Very nice. So poor Keegan. Boy, he's got it coming. He's got it coming. So, all right. Our next step here uh, is the atmosphere. The atmosphere. So the soil, the sea, now the atmosphere experience, um, experiencing transformation. Next, we, we must see to it that we are exposed to the right atmosphere. Growth is produced by the moisture and sun. If there is no good soil and good seed and no sun and rain, you get no growth. So each step of this process is independently important and interdependently important. So each one has its own importance as it holds in this process. The sun and the rain give the seed and seeding the energy and food it needs to grow. Our lives must be exposed to the sun and the rain. In Malachi 4.2 it says, but for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. Joel 2, from, from the book of Joel, Joel 2, 23 through 24. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the rain, given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month, the threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and Oil. We need the sun and the rain. In order for us to be what God has called us to be, we must be exposed to the right atmosphere. So with this, a disciple will do what? A disciple will, in this atmosphere, experience transformation. Everybody say transformation. Our experience with God is vital to producing fruit in our lives. The gifts of the Spirit come from our exposure to the Holy Spirit. So in the right atmosphere, so as we come here, as we come here to with this local body and we experience the worship and the presence of God, and then we take that uh, home with us and we and, and feel that in moments, even when we're alone in devotion and prayer, it's that atmosphere that cultivates and continues this process. The fourth step, fruit, the fruit. So this is where we share light and we serve others. The right soil, need, uh, seed, and atmosphere will produce fruit. But what Good is fruit that stays on the branch. The final element to producing fruit is that we harvest the fruit. Genesis 1, 11 through 13, it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. The herb yields seed. The fruit tree yields fruit according to its kind. Whose seed in itself on the earth? And it was so, and the earth brought forth grass. The herb Yields seed according to its kind, and the tree yields fruit, whose seed in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, so the evening and the morning were the third day. So here in beginning, in creation, God intended for the seed to do what? To produce fruit on the end of this cycle. But we know it doesn't end um, here. We've got a, a, a video Okay, we've got a video here. It'll, it'll move through. This is a, a time lapse of um, a sunflower seed. Looks like they had multiple. They named them Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sa, La, Ti, Do. Listen to that music. This is growth, plant growth music. I've heard that helps if you're planting a circular pattern. It's kind of what you guys did. When you were growing, it was definitely a circular pattern as Sean rose with Haru on his shoulders. You should have played this when you guys were doing it.
go. It's the fastest two months of your life. Anybody want to do a lap right now? All right, a couple people. There you go. All right. enjoy sunflower seeds but we need some of the seeds to produce more sunflower seeds ah yes and Tay were affected by parasites. Ray was terminated. Mm. I know. Try to pull it together, guys. Oh. From the seed. All right. So from the seed to the seed. So here we have there the the concept here, though. So from the planting of the seed then to the full production of the plant, then we have to take the seed again to do what? To feed and to uh, produce more plants. So fruit has what? Fruit or plants have two primary functions. The food people are blessed by the fruit of your life, or we hope that they're blessed by the fruit of our life. And then the seed, we are blessed when we share the fruit with others, and our fruit becomes the seed for the next season of growth. Amen. A disciple will share light and serve others. We have both the responsibility and the opportunity to share our lives with those around us. Christ was our example of giving. It truly is more blessed to give than to receive. So the body, the body of believers and belonging locally Um, We have here that the fact that we say it a lot that Calvary is a great place to attend, but a better place to belong. So how we want uh, we want people to and how we want each of us to see that we belong to the Calvary Church. When I go through my life and I think about the years and the times that I've been here, when I think of what is it, what is it that belonging means to me, I process it through a relational Lens. I process it, obviously, to things that have happened in my life and what the body of Christ, what the church has been. It's been through um, being a part of building this building here. Anybody have any memories of building this building, walking through here, doing uh, certain things and being a part of certain projects? Funerals. My family's gone through many funerals here in this church. Um, my wedding, our wedding. Here. Our wedding um, was here and been a part of other weddings here. I've been through a lot of ups and downs here. I can look around the altar here and I can remember certain sermons and I can remember certain days when I thought, I'm just not going to go to church today. I'm not going to go. I can't, I can't pull myself together enough to come to church. And wouldn't you know, because that's exactly what the Lord does, I drag myself in here, and then I, can't, I can barely pull myself up out of the altar because God has poured in and blessed my life in such a way. And do you think I sat there and cried or worshiped alone? No, the body of Christ did what? They surrounded me, and that was through what? Through relationship, through genuine relationship. People that knew about my life, that cared about me, surrounded me or my family in those moments. And whether they knew what was going on or didn't, they did what? They prayed with you. They followed up with you, though. So there's that um, that's cultivating that is, is going on in these defining moments in our life. But um, that to me, that's belonging. To me, that's belonging. I'm sure everyone here could think of a moment, if in me just saying that, think of a moment when you felt like, okay, that, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand this process as we've gone through these details in our ministry classes, as we continue to promote and push 
our life groups and what the purpose of those are. What, what are those moments to all of us in life and to this body when we felt like we belonged? What are those moments that you remember and you look back and say, okay, when we were up here dedicating our children, I felt like we really belonged here. When we went and were a part of this project, I felt like we belonged here to this body and to the Calvary Church. Um, So there's many things that can define and, and mean a lot of things to us. But the process to bear fruit begins with the decision to belong locally. It is in local body that you will begin to learn truth, experience transformation, so you bear fruit in which you will a, uh, which you will able share light and serve others. So why is membership important? To the apostle Paul, being a member of the church meant becoming a vital organ of the living body. Any organ that is detached from the body will not only miss what is what it Uh, what it was created to be, but it will also shrivel up and die quickly. The same is true for Christians that are uncommitted to any specific congregations. From 1 Corinthians, we won't read all of it, but we know it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one, but all are what? Members of that one body. It goes on and on to say we couldn't all be an ear. Anybody get a visual of that? All right, we can all be an ear, we can all be a foot, we can all be a nose. We need each other. We need each other. We need, and so as we find that um, with the importance of belonging here, we complete the body. We complete the body and we complete each other in a spiritual sense of what God wants us to be. So, locally, locally, church is best practice in a local context, belonging locally. Life change happens in the context of relationships, as we keep saying. We are designed for relationships. Relationships define us, grow us, challenge us, strengthen us, and bless us. Acts 2, 42 through 47, it said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders of miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone, to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So because of the need of the body, they did what? They all sold all their belongings, and they came together, and they met the needs. First John 1 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? We have fellowship one uh, with one another in the blood of Jesus. Ecclesiastics 4 9 says, Two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And for the sake of time, I'll, I'll continue, but it goes on and on and it continues to explain and it ends with a cord of three sh- strands is not quickly. Broken, the benefit of us standing side by side, the benefit of us standing with someone uh, through circumstances in life and in relationship, we are always stronger, we're smarter, we have more resources to pull from. So, relationship is important. What about the value of membership? What if we just look at in principle and in practicality? You know, sometimes when people, I don't feel like maybe this is a focus. Sometimes this isn't something that we're always promoting here at a church, but there are some practical things that are available to you as a member here of the Calvary Church. Everybody say amen. If you didn't know about some of these, well, take a note, part of your New Year's resolution. Okay? So make sure, you, make sure these uh, resources are at your fingertips. Um, we have here um, uh, places you under spiritual protection of godly leaders. From Ephesians 2, 19, it says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So you're a member. You're a part of a citizen of God. You're a part of this. So what's practical application here in a spiritual context? Uh, Pastoral care and counseling. 
You can call your pastors to be under submission in your life and to touch base with them and what's going on in your life. What about uh, provides a spiritual family for your family? Galatians 6, 1 through 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves as you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So to keep um, ourselves in check, right? Iron sharpeneth iron, right? There's moments when somebody needs to say, hey, I'm worried about you, right? What if there's just moments as it, it said in here to carry someone else's burden? They, they're going to pray with you. They're going to um, walk through a season with you. So practical application, personal relationships and celebrations, uh, the facility use, Right, If you're a member here of our church and you wanted to have your wedding here, practical, is there any weddings coming up this year? I heard it's something going on right here at, at the Calvary Church. All right, so I'll just look this way right now. And um, if, if uh, for the school, if the other resources that we have for the school, if, you wanted, if you're a member of the Calvary Church and you wanted to send your students, man, this is awkward, me making this plug right now, right? You could get a discount. In fact, talk to me tonight. We'll sign them up for this next year for an additional discount. Sister Mickey will go to the office right now. Please meet her down that way following service, all right? Um, the third thing here from Romans 12:5 so in Christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others for the principle here gives a place to discover and use gifts in ministry we just talked about bearing fruit right so if God is working through you I realize it's 8:32 I'm coming to a close here winding up told way too many stories tonight um don't worry pastor else will be back up this week Sunday and um, but if we want to apply this to our lives, we should be bearing fruit, right? Sometimes I know that takes time, but you should have some type of sense of confirmation in the Spirit that you are bearing fruit, and you should be seeing that in application um, in, in doing things. But practical application, discovery, and opportunity to use your gifts and resources in ministry. You can sign up for ministries here. You can lead a life group here at the Calvary Church. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Acts 2, 44 through 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Provides a place to bless others with your resources. Practical application, charitable opportunities, and missions opportunities are here at the Calvary Church. So in conclusion, in conclusion, we have here one way to apply all we've talked about belonging locally. We have the power of our life groups. Belong to a life group here in 2019. This life group, our life groups provide three things. It provides a place to connect. We talk about it all the time. A life group provides an opportunity for you with other people on common ground. There's a similar interest. There's a topic. When you walk in the fellowship hall that day, you saw something of interest and everybody else that signed up there, they had interest. It's easy to feel alone in a crowd. People come here all the time, and I have no wonder or no thought that everybody just automatically feels um, like they're a part, even if they've been here for months or, or for years. There's times when you just feel alone. Life groups are an open door into life of our church and our family. When you're in a small group, when you go to someone's home, in those smaller settings, a lot of us have done what? Shared personal experience. It's in those moments that we feel closer with one another. Second thing, a place to protect. We know what real love is. Um, because Christ gave up his life for us, and so we also ought to give up our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. Imagine someone you can call when you're discouraged. Imagine someone to pray with you when you're doubting. Life groups are a place where you are protected and supported. And the third thing for life groups is a place to grow. As we mentioned earlier from Proverbs, as iron sharpeneth iron, so one man sharpens another. Life groups are a place you can be equipped to become more like Jesus and to live a faith-filled life. We're sharing interests. We're sharing values. We're sharing faith here at the Calvary Church. And it's to do what? What are all these things for? 
I say this just as my last line here. It's to be encouraged to do what? To fulfill God's will for your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, belonging locally. There's a lot more than just showing up here on Sunday and on Wednesday. There's a lot more than just telling people this is the church you attend. Right? We have to be intentional, not just in what we do in other people's lives. We have to be intentional in how we're handling our own life, how we're preparing and cultivating the soil of our hearts for God to uh, put uh, plant a seed and grow things that our life would bear fruit and do what? Fulfill the great commission to go and make disciples. Bow your heads with me as we close tonight. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for um, the values of our church and for this body of Christ, Lord. We feel encouraged, God. We feel empowered tonight. Help us to continue to process this. Let this be something that's on the forefront of our minds and our hearts in 2019 as we continue to launch another semester of our life groups, uh, as we continue to uh, do ministry here at the Calvary Church, Lord. I pray that we not only do it with excellence, but I pray that we do it with a spiritual intention, Lord, uh, that we're just continually cultivating the soil of our hearts and of the ministries here, God, that, that fruit would be produced and that we would fulfill the commission that you have presented and laid before us. Help us, God, to make disciples, God, to further the purpose of your kingdom, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.